0: To have Tatan Harvitz with me, who is the principal developer advocate at Logs.io. Tatan, how are you feeling today?
1: I'm great, Adam. Thanks you. Thanks for having me.
0: All right. Thanks for thanks for joining. I uh, I actually just finished listening to a podcast you did with LeRon, the CTO over at Rookout. It was a great listen and you guys really got into open source and your history and i think we'll touch on some of that here but i think part of the unique angle that the 10k media podcast is interested in is narrative right? and how does narrative fit into even a business and and strategy so maybe the most obvious question is logs.io started as sort of more of a point solution right in the logging universe and now has broadened to, to really a full suite observability platform, right? But the, the name still <laughs> emphasizes one, <laughs> one of those three pillars. Um, but then, you know, I have one of my clients, LightStep uh, was acquired by ServiceNow. And ServiceNow is obviously a very huge broad platform who decided to, to, to focus more narrowly, right? Uh, so point solutions are broadening, broad solutions are, are focusing, uh, is, is it just going to be one big observability platform at, at some point? How, how do you see it? And, and what's Logs.io's sort of unique approach to observability?
1: So, yeah, I, th- I think as an industry, we've been uh, evolving uh, into what currently is being uh, termed observability. And the Logs.io as one of the players also underwent the same the same evolution. So many players um, were focused on specific Pillars or specific uh, signals or specific areas in the uh, what back then was uh, types of monitoring, so, so logging, which is uh, log analytics and log uh, like management, where uh, logs IO uh, came from. Some others came from uh, the metric side of things. Uh, more uh, new newer players uh, entered the the emerging uh, distributed tracing side of things and so on. APM obviously. Um, but I think what we see here is that. Uh, especially in light of uh, today's complex systems, uh, you know, microservice architectures and uh, cloud-native systems uh, needing more than just uh, one solution uh, to address the uh, the challenge of, of uh, managing and, and, uh, and uh, observing these. And this is what brought about this convergence. Uh, companies can't afford to have so many... Uh, point solutions uh, in, in such diverse and dynamic systems with so many third parties and cloud services and open sources involved in the, uh, any common uh, system these days. So, uh, and th- I think this is the trend, specifically here at Logs.io, as you said, we've been, uh, we started off as a log analytics uh, side of things, uh, but then realized that our, our users, our customers need more and more meant uh, the, the metric side of things and infrastructure monitoring, then the uh, disability tracing and the elements of, uh, let's say, APM sort of uh, a modern incarnation of APM and so on. And this is what brought us to today's position as an observability platform, even with a touch of uh, security, maybe we can touch on that later, but uh, uh, observability these days doesn't even end with just the IT side of the uh, monitoring side of things.
0: Yeah, I guess that's part of the dev DevSecOps stuff. I know uh, uh, Datadog, you know, has some security, um, you know, it's interesting to try and figure, you know, how many itches do you need to scratch for your customers, right? And I'm curious, you know, with the name, uh, you know, just in your experience, I I know you're probably not too much on like the actual, like the business side of things necessarily. You're more community oriented, right? But um, do people come into logs.io sort of like perhaps they're frustrated with Splunk or something and and they realize, oh, there's actually uh, a whole, kind of platform for observability here or, or do you think logs.io has been able to sort of establish itself in a, in a you know honestly a relatively crowded observability market
1: I think that um Obviously, the name is something that has has gone with us for quite, quite some time. It was it's been proven very successful in the early stages, where we are focused on on the logging challenge and the log analytics side of things. Uh, now we're actually looking into the brand uh, to make sure that it reflects better on the on the company. So, uh, hoping to get some uh, interesting updates on that uh, uh, down the road, but. Uh, definitely our messaging if you look at the website if you look at the, um, the, the thought leadership that uh, that i drive in a certain stage and others people are aware that there's more than just logging involved uh, certainly many of our customers come through the logging and uh, they find that they can get m- much more this is the if you talk about the business obviously the the uh, cross-sale side of things into the broader observability platform is a is a clear angle of expansion that uh, we uh, we explore. But surprisingly enough, you'll see that even, let's take the, the farthest away from the classic observability. Let's look at our cloud seam solution. Uh, we have many uh, customers coming strictly for the cloud seam solution and actually discover some of the IT observability side of things through the, the security challenges that they're facing. So there are many angles here. And uh, uh, for example, many that find, find themselves uh, excited by, for example, Jaeger tracing as the open source uh, tracing for distributed tracing, but then realize that it's, it's too, too darn hard for them to, uh, to actually manage that Uh, themselves, and then they look for the uh, managed version of that popular open source, and then they find us because there are not many out there. So I I don't think that necessarily these days uh, people only come through uh, logging, although the logging pillar is definitely a significant pillar of, of our activity.
0: So what do you think it means to be an observability tool, right? Because I think you know, we have all heard about the three pillars of observability, right? The metrics, logs, and traces. So that's become sort of table stakes, I suppose. But there are vendors all over the place calling themselves observability players that that don't quite do it in the traditional sense. I, I don't want to call any out. They're, they're doing interesting things. Um, they might not call it observability. They'll like add a, an adjective before. You know, you know what I'm talking about. I don't want to. Want to name names, but. So, in your mind, what what does it mean to 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 be an observability player? What what does a vendor need to offer to to offer true observability?
1: So first of all, you're right that there's a lot of confusion, and unfortunately, uh, part of that is uh, the blame of the actual vendors and the marketing, specifically side of things, trying to uh, piggyback on the on the hype around observability and and uh, attributing observability to some places maybe that are not uh, you know uh, strictly observability speaking. So we need to and that's part of what i see as my role as as uh, you know technology evangelist and and and, uh, and advocate to make sure that we're clear on what exactly we mean in the terms and what people should be looking for so you mentioned the uh, the three pillars or the, the three telemetry signals and by the way I, I i actually tend to disagree that it's just these three pillars i just had the, for example uh, last month a uh, fascinating episode in my uh, podcast open observability talks uh, where I hosted uh, um, a gentleman that uh, we talked about, uh, the, another signal that is uh, con- continuous profiling. Um, so I, I think and some people talk about events and other types of signals. So first of all, it's not necessarily only three types of signals, that's that's one. But the second, I think more, more important and more fundamental thing is that these signals or these telemetry uh, data is just the raw data. But ultimately, observability is about understanding uh, our system, the state of the system, uh, what's wrong in the system, uh, and being able to root cause, to perform root cause analysis. And, and the, the raw data is fine, but if you can't uh, draw and, and find the insights from that uh, raw data, then it's, it's pretty much useless. So the point for me, and, and that's what uh, I've been advocating for, looking at observability is a data analytics problem. You get data from many sources. So, telemetry types is one angle. Other angles are different sources. So, you get telemetry data from your own application, whether Java or .NET, or you know today's polyglot applications that you have the front end in Node.js and the back end in Java, and maybe some third parties in Go, and and obviously you have you have uh, cloud services involved, and you have uh, Kafka and Redis and some other open sources, and you need to aggregate all of that from different sources and different types, and bring it into one conceptual data warehouse and find the insights. That's, for me, uh, observability in a nutshell. And that's the challenge of the the vendors also uh, to provide that, provide this ability to effectively find the the needle in the haystack, the insights, and the root cause analysis amongst all these diverse systems.
0: Yeah. So can you talk about what you feel is open source's role, maybe perhaps in observability, but also in the logs.io platform right because from what i understand there's there's a bit of open source happening um and you know what what does logs.io offer users from the open source perspective and then do you have a platform built on top of that open source how, how does it work so
1: I, i'm a, I'm a, a strong advocate of, of open source in general it's been uh, for many years i've been uh a decade ago already involved in open source like OpenStack and the Cloudify and other activities around the, the especially in the cloud and DevOps uh, sphere. Uh, and I think that what drew me to Logs.io is this unique angle angle that Logs.io takes to observability, which means that we truly believe that the, the main path to observability goes through open source. The same open source that brought us Kubernetes and Docker and cloud native is the, also the path to Go about monitoring these systems, and uh, what LogsIO has been offering since uh, its its initial uh, uh, incarnation in log analytics is to take the best of breed open source out there for observability and offer it uh, uh, without the hassle of you know managing, installing, scaling, deploying, uh, and the rest of the. So you just get the the open source you know and love without the hassle. Uh, so we started off with the ELK stack, Elasticsearch uh, for log analytics. Then we grew to uh, Prometheus for, for infrastructure monitoring, then to Jaeger under the CNCF, uh, if you know the uh, for uh, distributed tracing, then for open search and, and so on. Uh, but the idea remains the same, providing this open source uh, to you, but it's not it's more than just uh, a managed version or, or a uh, hosted version. It's actually bringing all of these open sources that out there are discrete; each one is its own independent project, siloed from the rest, and bring it into one observability platform that can, where you can correlate the different data, you can you can jump very easily and navigate between, from one to the other, and actually get a, a, a broad observability across these different uh, signals and tools. So that's where where I come from, and this is also where the the strong belief that I have that uh, really open source. In general, and the CNCF, the Cloud Native Computing Foundation in particular, is laying the foundations to converging the industry around things such as open telemetry, as I said, and and Prometheus and others that actually bring us a path forward for true observability and standardized. Very, very importantly, is standardized because of the diverse nature that we get signals from so many sources, so many places, Uh, um, You just remember where we came from with the multitude of agents, I'm sure that you're familiar with that. So I think it's a new age in front of us.
0: Yeah, I've advocated before. I have a client light step in the observability space. I mean, they've been acquired by ServiceNow, so the flavor of their, you know, um, messaging has to, you know, interface with, with the bigger ServiceNow platform. And I think they're doing really cool stuff. But for a while, I really wanted to push on this like agentless idea. I think vendors that are in this universe don't realize the power of, of that term, right? Like just, you don't need the agent anymore. You shouldn't have to install an agent. You could avoid lock-in. And I think in a lot of ways, the Open Telemetry project is very impressive to me because you have a bunch of, you know, really competing companies in some ways, but like major stakeholders coalescing around an idea that everyone believes in, um, there's some debate sometimes about like the history of the project and whatever, but I know that Ben the CEO of Lightstep was was a big part of the open tracing stuff. and then there was open census, right? and and actually, those two groups even consolidated because everyone realized the importance of having sort of an open standard that everyone sort of can rely on. Um, how do you think about the importance of the open Telemetry project?
1: I, I think it's uh, it's an amazing project. As you said, it's, uh, it started off as a merge of two preceding open source projects, open tracing and open uh, sensors that are, were significant in their time and, and uh, aggregated into something that is much, much more than that. Whether, for example, open tracing used to be just the API. Open telemetry offers the full stack of generating and collecting uh, telemetry data. And it's across not just tracing, but also metrics and logs as the vision uh, states. And as you said, it's, it's amazing. Primarily because you see how the, the industry uh, converges around it. So all the major players, uh, all the cloud vendors, all the uh, monitoring and observability uh, tool vendors, everyone is aligning with that. And we're talking about some of them um, that, that have been for, for uh, you know, a decade or more making their profits out of proprietary agents but, and by the way, I, I don't uh, underestimate these agents by, by by anything, but they were very, a lot of inche- intelligence was there, at the agents to collect intelligently telemetry, enrich the data, and, and do a lot of optimization. However, it created tight coupling between the telemetry collection and the telemetry backend with which you analyzed, and it created silos. And today, as I said before, we can't afford these silos. I can't have an agent for, uh, uh, I don't know, Datadog and another agent for New Relic and another dog for, uh, agent for Splunk and another and another. And you have so many da- types of telemetry and so many sources, as I mentioned, and there is no way that this is manageable. So OpenTelemetry offers the vision of one API and one SDK per programming language with which you can instrument your application and then one Open telemetry collector to collect that telemetry, both from your application and from third parties, whether cloud services or uh, third party uh, you know, open source tools or any, anything else that is running in your system, uh, operating system or whatever, even hardware, by the way. And then send it to whichever backend you'd like. Open telemetry doesn't have any stake in the backend. And that's the beauty because it still allows the uh, vendors to augment that with their own intelligence in the, in the backend, in the analytics side of things it allows them to enrich uh, by plugins, the collection side itself, even the SDK itself, but it evens the playing field in the baseline of how to collect, how to transmit the data, how to create the wireframe. So there's no competition and no silos around that. That's an amazing, amazing phase, new phase that we're facing with observability, thanks for that.
0: I love it. So what do you think, this is more of a personal question because I know you're very involved in open source um, from the vendor perspective, right? What, like, for example, why do you think logs.io cares so much about open source and hires people like you who care so much about open source, right? Because um, to one extent, it's obviously good for the community, right? And you might get some brand equity for contributing to the community. You know, but at the end of the day, a business is a business that has their own product push and they want to generate revenue. Um, you know, I think there's probably a lot of vendors out there that they have developers that believe in open source and use open source, but it's not like they're out there championing it and pushing it. They're, they're trying to build a business. And so how do you see open source fitting into actually uh, a vendor's business needs potentially?
1: I think that uh, in, in my company's case, at logs.io, we, it's, it's, for us, it's the mission statement. For us, it's the core assumption that, you know, we have very valid users to all of our competitor vendors. However, the vast majority of users of Observability out there are actually users of the open sources. They use Prometheus, they use Elasticsearch, or OpenSearch, or, or Jaeger, or Zipkin, or OpenTelemetry, or the, these. So we can go and compete with our vendors, but actually we want to serve the users that know and love this open source. And this open source is, you know, it, it prevails everywhere. The, the, the DevOps and the, the developers take it from one workplace to another. That's the core skill set they want to learn. If they're not, they want to ramp up on the skill set rather than a proprietary APIs and knowledge. And that's why, if, if you can't fight them, beat them. So. Uh, th- th- you know, in in an essence, from the from the you know cynical business side of things. Although I'm, as I said, I'm, I'm a true believer in open source and the power of that. But even putting aside the community side, just join them. So let them have. And you see that you see AWS released a uh, uh, managed Prometheus and uh, Google uh, and, and uh, Azure and everyone is just for example of, of Prometheus and obviously for others. And you have Azure's uh, open distro for for open telemetry and and so on and so forth. So you see that all the major version uh, vendors realize that what the developers and the DevOps uh, uh, are looking for is actually these open source. So for us, it, it was a no brainer. It was actually our, our mission statement to provide these open sources and obviously to contribute upstream to these open sources to make them better and to make our uh, um, observative platform, the commercial uh, product uh, on top of that, uh, even better. Because again, open source is nice, but then again, you uh, have other, let's say, cross-cutting concerns that usually are not addressed by the core open source uh, product uh, or project uh, to make it production ready or, or uh, commercial grade. So you need, I don't know, SSO, you need the team collaboration features, you need administrative role, roles and, you know, uh, users and roles management and, and so on and so forth. And all of that usually is not part of the or a open source project. So you can still you can support the core open source and its capabilities, but then create a wrapping around that that provide the, the enterprise grade, the commercial grade solution that will make it production ready. Even, even by the way, uh, compliance. You need compliance today, GDPR, CCPA and all of that. You need someone to take care of that hustle for you. So uh, this is the benefit where I think vendors can still contribute. And as I said, the intelligence around uh, the data analytics and be able to extract meaningful insights and find the needle in a haystack is not resolved by the open source. It's just a means to an end. But then again, the vendors can add what the buzzword around that is AI ops or, or something like that. But putting buzzwords aside, intelligence that can drive insights out of the data is still where vendors can provide significant differentiation. That's why I don't see a conflict. And as long as vendors realize That if they go down the open source path, they need to understand that the core part that is open source, they're not going to benefit from. That's not a business model. Open source is not a business model. And they build the business model around the the enterprise grade layer on top of that, that's fine. If vendors don't agree with that, then suddenly you see all sorts of Funny relicensing moves that start jeopardizing the community and the open source, and the, and start mingling be, between the the open source and the commercial concerns. Uh, but as long as you keep that very clear in mind, I think
0: you can get a, a win win here. All right. Well, we're running up on time, so I wanted to circle back to something you just mentioned earlier that we we said maybe we'd get back to, which is security. Um, and I think we mentioned Datadog started to touch security a little bit. You had mentioned logs.io is thinking about security. Is this a natural? I have a few questions about this, and so maybe I'll I'll just lay them out and you can pick them how you want. But so is this part of a natural progression of like shift left, just you know, developers being more involved uh, um, in in having a role in, in making sure the code they're deploying is secure. Um do you think this falls under observability proper you know is is everything observability that just has telemetry that you want to see and understand um or do you think it's a separate thing and why do you think logs.io is is starting to explore this sort of new vertical
1: it's a very interesting question because obviously the uh you know, uh, classic definition of uh, observability, at least the observability in the IT sense of uh, things is uh, is not concerned about uh, with security. But the way that I see that, looking at the essence of, as I said, understanding your system. So understanding is both from uh, malfunctions in your system, but also from uh, potential vulnerabilities or, or malicious activities. And ultimately, it comes down to the same telemetry. So the same log data that you collect, or the same uh, trace data that you collect, or so so on, can indicate both a malfunction, for example, a bug that was inserted in the last uh, release of the uh, microservice, or it can uh, uh, relate to a new vulnerability that was rolled out in in the last uh, release, uh, or obviously an attack. So I think that if you look at the essence of things from the same set of, of data, from the same signals, you can also derive. Uh, uh, security insights. That's on one thing, and then on the organizational structure, I think that you, you pointed out very, very rightly so that there is a shift left trend where developers uh, are uh, need to be more aware of security as a, as a first citizen of the software, just like they need to be concerned about the, the, the ops side of their uh, software and code uh, as, as a first level citizen. And I think that's what drove the DevSecOps trend. And uh, having it not bolted on in the aftermath, and part of that is making uh, it easy for the developers to understand the impact of their release, their code, even from starting off from the CI/CD, from the release pipeline, from the how uh, uh, the, 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 the Jenkins uh, can reflect some and flag flag something. So ultimately, I think it does converge, and this is why you see many vendors in the space finding this. And for us, it it actually naturally grew from again users that consumed the same uh, telemetry data that we offer, the logs and others, and started uh, uh, showing interest in deriving security related uh, insights. And then we said, hey, that's a demand, that's customers of ours looking for that. Why don't we actually provide that as a as part
0: of our services?
1: And that's what drove us to uh, offer the cloud offer.
0: That sounds great. Well, is there anything that we didn't touch on? Is there anything, do you want to tease out anything logs.io Has in mind. I mean, we kind of did a a little bit throughout the conversation. Is there anything we didn't touch that you want to talk about, or did we cover it pretty good?
1: I, th- I think the main uh, the main thing is that uh, really we're following the uh, the latest uh, open source trends. So that's uh, some some very interesting things are going to uh, be rolled out with uh, uh, with uh, open telemetry uh, and also with Prometheus. By the way, we just released uh, and we're going to be announcing it formally on uh, on KubeCon. So you're getting a sneak preview, but uh, uh, we have the compatibility uh, CNCF the cloud native Computer, Computing Foundation has a Prometheus compatibility program. And as part of that, uh, we've accomplished the test. So we already released some of the tests for the PromQL. So you can already see that uh, Logs.io is uh, compatible with the uh, uh, Prometheus-related program. Uh, so that's one of the things that we're working hard on. The other, as I said, is around open telemetry. I also want to invite all of your listeners uh, to uh, join, if, if you're interested in more deep dive uh, uh, technical uh, stuff, to join my uh, podcast, Open Observability Talks, that focuses on open source DevOps uh, and observability in particular. So uh, where we, I get to talk about uh, these topics and many more with the uh, maintainers and the influencers of the of the community and the users. Um, and um, uh, looking forward to, uh, uh, to getting some feedback from the audience and from you.
0: All right. Well, this has been a lot of fun. I think, uh, at least for me, it's been educational about what logs.io really offers and what the, the potential is of the platform and where it's going. So I appreciate your time. Where can people find you on Twitter, website, for you personally? So
1: oh, I'm uh, at Horovitz, H-O-R-O-V-I-T-S. That's my handle uh, at, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, or uh, Medium, and uh, WordPress, and uh, GitHub, anywhere else. So it, it's pretty easy to remember, uh, H-O-R-O-V-I-T-S. And obviously, uh, you can find me also through the uh, uh, Open Observability uh, talk on uh, Twitter or on openobservability.io. Uh, that's where I am.
0: Great. Well, uh So Tom, thank you so much for taking the time. Maybe we'll cross paths in the future at an event. If, uh, you know, if uh, Omicron and COVID permits, we'll we'll hopefully (laughs) uh, get back on that circuit. I I miss going to conferences a little bit and uh, I'm sure you do too. Um, But hopefully things start picking back up. And this has been the 10 Committee Podcast. Thank you everyone for listening. Check them out. Check out the podcast. Check out logs.io if you're, interested in, in checking out what they're about do you guys have a trial uh situation there can someone give a is it like a two-week thing is it a free tier how, how does it work if someone just wants to give it a try yeah
1: we have a, a free trial a classic plg uh, we have a community version so we don't uh, shut you down at the end of the uh, trial if we have many many uh, users that use the community uh, tier uh, happily for uh for for a long time so uh, check us out and uh and if you do have a feedback do uh, reach out and uh, looking forward to hearing that
0: All right. Until next time. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for having me, Adam.